Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. The Divisional Round Nosebleeds Podcast. Sam Davis, Ryan Gregware, Colin Lochran. We got the, I don't want to say the A crew. I don't the wanna, A crew. No, okay. you can say it. Okay, I can, we can say We can say the A crew here with us. Uh, we're going to be talking all four matchups here in the Divisional Round. I want to start, of course, uh, with the New York Yankees. This is the playoffs, guys. We're not even going to say how you doing, what's going on. we got to jump right in. I am so, doing well in case anyone's wondering. Well, of course you're doing well. I mean, I knew that. Colin, Colin how you doing? We're doing good as well. I mean, it's great to be here. It's postseason baseball. Yeah. October is in full swing. Couldn't have asked for a better performance out of Garrett Cole just to really get things off to a start here. I, for one, am a little bit surprised. Wow. A little surprised. We'll get in we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Well, let's start with that Yankee series. They beat the Guardians four to one in game one. Garrett Cole, like you mentioned, very good. Six and a third, four just four hits, one run uh, one run earned and eight K's. So a very good day for him. Rizzo and Bader both homered. Um, you know, so a good start for the Yankees overall, and especially Garrett Cole, kind of showing himself as that ace. Uh, you know, there, there's been question marks whether he was deserving of getting the ball in Game One, even with Nestor Cortez will be going in Game Two. But Cole, I mean, at least momentarily, he shut the haters up and he pitched very well in the opener. This is by far his Yankees legacy-defining playoffs at this point because 2020, that season's a wash, pitched fine. Last year, we know in that wildcard game, he didn't show up, right? Yep. Three runs, two and a third. So this is really the one you circled. We know this has been an up-and-down year. To your point, there were legitimate concerns if he should get the ball because, frankly, Nestor Cortez was better this year. He put together a better, complete season, more consistent than Garrett Cole. So based on the track record, he got the ball in Game 1, and it could have really blown up in the Yankees' faces. And, Sam, when you look at what the other aces did this playoffs, it means that much more that Cole showed up because yes. obviously you had the Scherzers and Verlanders that we'll get into in the world that really struggled, and Garrett Cole did exactly what the Yankees needed, held him to one run, pitched deep enough into the game, and the offense, they were able to figure out enough from the Guardians. Yeah, Colin, I'll tell you this. The reason I wasn't surprised is because it's the Cleveland Guardians, and they do not hit the ball too well. I didn't expect them to put up much offensively in this series as a whole. I think the biggest thing for the Yankees is, you know, what's very positive about them, obviously Garrett Cole pitching well, but hitting the home run ball, you know, honestly scoring four runs in in each of these games, I think you're going to put yourself in a pretty good position to win just about every single night with the way that the Guardians hit. I wasn't surprised he pitched a solid game. I was surprised at how much of a solid game it was that Garrett Cole gave you. And Ryan, to your point, consistency was my main concern with Garrett Cole. I mean, last year, we all know what happened. He went into Fenway and laid an egg. And even to your point about the Aces this year, Scherzer didn't pitch well. Verlander, who we'll get to, did not pitch well at all. For me, the moment that defines this game for Garrett Cole is after he gave up the home run. Yes, yes To be able to inning. reset after that long ball and then come back and give you another couple solid innings is huge to postseason success. Garrett Cole needed this game. There were so many questions about, is this really the guy the Yankees paid for? I, for one, thought there was at least the slightest chance that Nestor would get the game one start because he ended the regular season on a really high note. But really, Garrett Cole 
Can't say enough good things about the guy right now. He came up when it mattered most for the Yankees, gave them an important 1-0 series lead. We know how big Game 1 is in the ALDS. It's not like the CS or the World Series where you might have a little bit of wiggle room. In a best-of-five, you got to win that first game, and the Yankees were able to do that thanks to Cole. Yeah, Con, that's a great point about, you know, that home run came in the third inning. So it came relatively early. It was, what, like second time through the order? Yeah, it was Stephen Kwan who had six <clears throat> homers on the entire year, right? Yeah. Not a guy you expect to put the ball out of the ballpark in a typical Cole fashion. That yeah. seems to be the guy that always gets him. So you give up the homer in the third, things could snowball from there. The Guardians get bases loaded, one out off him, and that's where you've seen so many times, all right, double down the line, now it's 3 nothing, 4 nothing, but yeah. it did not happen this time. And you got to give credit, too, to the Yankees as a whole because those early home runs and early deficits in games, especially at home, that can be demoralizing at times. I mean, we I've, I saw it firsthand with the Mets in a, in a couple different games, and obviously the lead was a little bit bigger. It was about 2 nothing Padres early in both the games that they lost. But, you know, going down early, that definitely can send shockwaves through the stadium. But the stadium stayed up. They say it stayed amped. And then quickly, obviously, the Yankees were able to respond offensively themselves with the homer, get themselves right back in it, and then work their way. I think what, you know, I think what the biggest thing and the takeaway I have from the Yankees side of it is the confidence they have playing Cleveland. You know, they, they played well against them all season long. And I think that confidence rolled into this series. They know and they believe of themselves as the better team. And they're just trying to go out and show that. And that's, to me, what happened in Game 1. Yeah, they went 5-1 and one in the regular season. But when you brought up earlier the offense of the Guardians, how they're limited in that department, that's where it's huge in the playoffs. Guardians were 29th in home runs this year. And home runs win in the playoffs. Last yeah. year, teams who didn't hit a home run, 2-17. and 17. In those games, and the Guardians, to their credit, they were able to beat the Rays because they were able to hit just homers in games where nobody went deep, and that was what swung the game for them. So it's definitely a good matchup in the playoffs. Their pitching is tough, but at the end of the day, you look at the Yankees' lineup, they're expected to hit the ball out of the ballpark. They led the MLB in homers, and this game, you know, you didn't have the judges and stands or Torres's of the world even getting hits or coming through. So when you look at and preview the rest of the series, you're able to win a game. Harrison Bader was able to give you offense and not your top-level guys. That's what makes you have a lot of confidence going up one nothing. The Bronxville product yes. with a home run. <laughs> Got to represent Westchester there. Yes. Good home run for Harrison Bader. To your point about these Guardians, kind of that death-by-a-million-paper-cuts method of offense. They don't have a lot of guys that can really hit home runs. I mean, yes, Ramirez is there, but you really are not scared of Naylor or someone like Jimenez to put you over the top with the long ball. Even yep. Stephen Kwan, good OBP, but he's not going to hit like a grand slam any time soon, it doesn't seem so. I look at this series, and the Yankees are in a great spot. The only reason for Yankees fans to be slightly concerned, you haven't seen the two top dogs for the Guardians. This postseason, perhaps more than any other in recent history, so far is showing me at least that you need to be able to hit home runs. The Yankees can do that, but the caveat there is it only works if you can get to the aces. Yeah. So look at a team like the Padres. They got to Scherzer. They got to Bassett. If you can get to McKenzie, if you can get to Bieber, the Yankees should be in good shape. The only way the death by a million paper cuts method of offense works is if McKenzie and Bieber can shut them out as they did against the Rays. That remains to be seen. Good start to this series, though. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think, um, you know, I, I, I see the New York Yankees winning this series. I, I would be shocked if they don't. Um, however, Game 2 is going to present a challenge for this lineup, and, and definitely more of a challenge than Game 1 was with Shane Bieber on the mound. He was really, really good um, in Game 1 of the Wild Card Series for Cleveland, so expect the same. But, you know, you got Nestor Cortez going as well. That's an, a very good pitching matchup, and Cleveland's got to hope that, you know, like you said, Colin, when you don't get and you don't have that power— 
Um, you need these guys, these aces, to work very deep into the game and work long into the game and present a good opportunity to get maybe a run or two late and, and steal a win. Just one point about Nestor Cortez here. I really like the challenge he'll present against the Guardians. Cole, eight strikeouts last night. He's a big strikeout pitcher. He really needs that pitch to be working in his favor to be effective. Cortez can pitch to contact effectively. He's not just a strikeout pitcher. I think against a team like Cleveland that wants to put the ball in play, they could almost do it despite themselves, right? I mean, if Cortez starts throwing that little changeup, easy ground balls in the dirt will result. I like Cortez's chance to have a good game against the Guardians. He did 2 4 4 on the air. Like he, it's not a fluke anymore. You go back to 2021, this is what he's done, and this is his first playoff start. So you have all the confidence in the world in him. You brought up the two guys for Cleveland and Bieber and McKenzie. They've both, I know McKenzie had seven innings, one hit shutout ball versus the Yankees this year. Yankees did not see Bieber. You have to go back to the 2020 wildcard round where they did rock Bieber, but again, we threw out that series. Nestor Cortez, though, like and Luis Severino, they can match up with anyone's two and three. And the Yankees this year, it's not the traditional elite bullpen with all the injuries, guys in Miami missing bullpen sessions, like a Roldis Chapman. <laughs> this is starting pitching Who's, at the who top. Who is that guy in Miami? Mr. Roldis Chapman, <laughs> who will not is not on the roster, and many Yankees fans are happy about that. And Houston fans are sad about that. <laughs> yes, and, and any team that's playing the Yankees is probably a little down on that. But this one, two, three... The biggest question was the number one in Garrett Cole, and he answered any of those doubts last night. Yeah, he definitely did, and we'll see where this series goes. I think I see Cleveland winning one game. Yeah, I got Yankees at four. And then losing. Yeah, I have Yankees in four. Con, are you the same there? I'm the same. I think okay. Cleveland will scratch out at least one win. Yeah, so we'll see what can happen. They're off today. It's kind of a weird schedule in the American League. They play one home game, and then they're off, and then they play another, and then they have to travel and play the next day. Luckily for the Yankees, you know, Cleveland's not very far. Um, so we'll see what happens in the rest of that series. But I want to talk about the other series in the American League, and then we'll shift over to the National League, which is playing today as we record this year. Um, but in the American League, it was a crazy game between the Mariners and the Astros. The Astros pull it out. They win 8-7. to seven. Justin Verlander, you know, we talked about it. He gave up six runs in just four innings, so definitely did not have it. Was shelled early on in this game. But the Astros came back. The Astros fought back. And capped off by a amazing Jordan Alvarez three-run homer to win it in a walk-off fashion. So uh, overall, Ryan, what was your impressions from Game 1 and impressions from this series so well, far? Well, my impressions from Game 1 for everything until the last pitch were Astros are in trouble here, yeah. Manners are red hot, they have all the momentum in the world, and then one pitch later, it's Manners are done. Yeah. They're done. When you hit Verlander the way they do, when you have a chance to steal a game, on the road, flip the series, it means everything. And you had them on the ropes. You're up 7-3 in the 7th, 4 nothing in the 4th. You had the opportunities. Are you going to score six runs off Verlander again? Probably not, right? And that was really their chance. And we can talk about this decision at the end of the game because I talk about one pitch. It's Jordan Alvarez hitting a three-run homer, down two runs, two outs, 0-1 count on him, fastball right down the middle. That's what flipped this game. It's what's going to flip the series. And it's a decision that it's definitely met with some controversy, guys, because Manners go to Robbie Ray, the reigning Cy Young winner, the lefty-lefty matchup, and it didn't work out. It blew up completely in their faces, and you've seen a lot of people go back and forth. I I went and looked at the numbers because I think you have to take context with everything. So I looked at Robbie Ray this year versus lefties, 216 Four homers in just 137 at-bats, so not keeping them at the ballpark at an elite rate. But then you look at Jordan Alvarez, he's hitting 312 
off lefties this year. Robbie Ray gave up 32 homers, only second to Garrett Cole. So this is a guy who gives up homers. Jordan Alvarez, a guy who rakes against lefties. He's also a starter. He's not used to closing games. So I personally, after looking at all that, I think it was the wrong decision. I love it because it's playoff baseball and every pitch, every out means everything. You're willing to burn your game two starter, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But they couldn't take care of today, and they're in some big-time trouble. I would not have pitched Alvarez regardless. I think you have to stay away from that matchup here because it is the postseason. Every at-bat matters. As far as the Mariners are concerned, you know who you can't blame? You can't blame Logan Gilbert. The guy pitched his heart out. I mean, this year he had a very under-the-radar season for this team, 13-6, 3.20 ERA. He was very effective, five and a third innings, five hits, three earned runs, which against a team like the Astros that are constantly swinging on that first pitch is not bad at all. Yeah. Five strikeouts <laughs> to his name. You have to close this game out if you're Seattle. You know you're the underdog. You're going into hostile territory. I was very impressed with how the hitters were able to attack Verlander. Not impressed by Verlander's performance. No. They're in trouble if this is the Justin Verlander the Astros are going to get going forward. If I'm the Yankees, I'm looking at my chops right now because I'm looking at this game and going, oof, Verlander's human for the first time in a long time. I think the difference is, though, is that if you're Verlander, and I know it's I, this is not exactly the way guys think, and I'm sure he's beating himself, beating himself up over a bad start, but... When you look and you still win the game, it makes it a little easier to come off that the following day and say, okay, you know what? You know, I had a really bad start, but my team picked me up, and I'm going to go out and and, and be the man that I've been, you know, throughout my career going forward. And I think that's a little bit easier when your team picks you up like that. So that's something that, you know, I I don't expect Verlander to continue struggling going forward. I think he's going to figure things out. I I wouldn't be shocked um, if his next start is is much better um, than this one. But, you know, the Mariners, you know, Ryan, you're talking about Robbie Ray, and obviously he he gives up the big one, and, and rightfully so. But the back end of the bullpen was bad as a whole. Uh, Munoz yeah, you can't gave completely up, blame. Yeah, Munoz that. gave up two runs. You know, um, Seawald gave up two runs, and then of course Ray giving up. You know, I guess those are all credited differently depending on uh, Alvarez's homer there. But those three guys were not good at the back end of the bullpen for Seattle, and ultimately all three of those guys have a part to blame for this loss. And I will say this, however. Seattle's got Luis Castillo pitching in game two. So if you're going to have a guy to roll over and and, and bring back after a really tough game one loss, it's Castillo. He was unbelievable um, against Toronto uh, in the wild card series. So you expect a lot out of him. And if Seattle is going to fight their way back into this series, I would say game two now becomes basically a must win. But that's where it hurts even more because you flip it, you win game one. You could be up game one on the road heading into game two with Castillo. You gave him credit, Colin, but the Astros had a massive pitching advantage with Verlander. And that's at home with the rest Mariners didn't have that if you were able to win that game then you roll out your ace in game two you're in business and now you're not now you're fighting for your life it makes it that much harder so that's where the Mariners you know for eight and two-thirds innings I'm like okay wow like Mariners are here and then with one swing of the bat it shifts all right Astros are going to make their fifth straight ALCS and and that's the unfortunate thing Mariners such a good story it's not over but the path just got so, so much more difficult. So who wins this series? You kind of just hinted at Houston, Ryan, but uh, I'll go to you first. Who do you got? Yeah, so I do think the Mariners take game two. I think Luis Castillo yeah. is one of the best pitchers on the planet right now, and I will take him over almost everybody, but I think they run out of firepower. After that, the Astros take the remaining two in Seattle. It doesn't go back to a game five. I have Astros in four. Well, ESPN's matchup predictor gives the Mariners a 39% chance to win this series. Wow. I'd give them more than that. 
I'm going to agree. The Mariners win one game. I don't think it's game two in Houston. I think they scratch out game three in Seattle. I think they lose game two. Whereas if you had won game one, then I might be thinking differently. I might be more inclined to say the Mariners will take home the series. But Houston's just such a juggernaut. you got to give them the edge here. So I'm going to go game five. I think this gets pushed to five. Okay. Um, I will still take Houston. Houston was, as of last week on Nosebleeds, my World Series pick. Okay. So I, I have to ride with them. I think they're still going to win this series. But I do expect Seattle to win game two. And they're going to win one of the two at home, force a game five. But then ultimately, I think Houston will win. So this should be a good series. This is an exciting series. Seattle is playing out of their minds right now, you know, barring a a collapse late. Quick question, though. If Jordan Alvarez pops out to first base, are you still taking Astros in five? What do you mean? If they lose yesterday. Very good point. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I am. I'll hold myself to it. I made the pick. Last week, I will hold myself to it. Okay. I, I might, I might not have wanted to pick them. Right. I probably wouldn't have wanted to pick them, but I still would have. Okay. So yeah, that, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But I think you guys probably would have taken. You guys would have taken Seattle. I think yeah. I, I would have taken Seattle yeah. if they get one out yesterday, yeah. just with how the momentum and how it flips yes. with Castillo. I might have taken Seattle as yeah. well because you. Yeah. Wouldn't so have don't seen act you, like you no, guys no, no, are no. all high and no, mighty I over won't. here. No, saying, I was curious if you were yeah. on the same path because you now have more faith in the Mariners than the two of us. Yeah, that's true. I, I think they proved a lot yesterday. I mean, they really did prove a lot, and how you know, obviously they they, they ran Verlander out of the building. Yeah, they did. So we'll see what they do for the rest of the series. That's one of the series i think that excites me the most out of all these this that one and i think the next one that we're yeah, gonna talk in the national the league yeah the phillies and the braves the phillies won seven to six yesterday uh i'm gonna say shocking i mean i i don't think anyone expected the phillies to come out of the gates like they did you did colin yeah. well, i don't I predicted the phillies i, don't <laughs> I had predicted line. them I, to I beat the cardinals in two that happened. Okay, that, that's that's you impressive. You can check it. It's on Twitter. That's it's impressive. There. That's impressive. I'll give you that. I pick. I picked the. I think I picked the Cardinals in two. I, See, I did not I believe so in these too. Phillies at all. Yeah. It would have been a better story for the Cardinals to win. You know, the yeah. last dance. All yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals are a better team. I think the, the Phillies, Phillies are hot. Are the better team right now? Yeah, the Phillies. The are, Phillies team, are hot. Yeah, and offensively, they're scary because they can do a little bit of everything. That game yesterday was won very early on, not because of their pitching. I disagree. I mean, Ranger Suarez gave you what he could give you, and you haven't seen Philly's two best starters. Offensively, I like them because they can hit home runs, and then they didn't really have to do that to get ahead early yesterday. They Mm. did the death by a million paper cuts method. This is going to be a recurring theme throughout the postseason in that teams are going to have to really do one, the other, or best bet, a combination of both. Philly did that early on yesterday. Are they the most... um, Let's see, polished team in no. baseball right now. Not even close, no. but they're hot at the right time. I like them to win this series simply because they've got nothing to lose. Rob Thompson has been guiding this team by the seat of his pants yeah. pretty much, and it's been quite they the story. They took the interim title away from right. him pretty recently. Now, I think it now, was right before the so series. So first off, I just checked the Twitter. You did have Phillies in two, but you also went 0 for 3 on the other three matches. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, I got to get one right. I, I got <laughs> I gotta be fair because I think I went zero for four. So. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I think man. I yeah I, I think I literally could have picked teams out of a hat and I would have done better. So. But the the one thing I'll disagree, I don't think they can they can do a little bit of everything. They can't pitch out of the bullpen. That's where I think this is really gonna hurt this team. You saw a seven one right. lead was not safe yesterday. If that's yeah. a ten inning game, they're losing the game. I'm yeah. sorry. And and yes, they were able to hit Freed and their offense is legit. But at the end of the day, one of the Wheeler and Noah both aren't gonna give you length. Like that's just how the playoffs go. You're not getting seven innings out of both your guys. You did it. You did it against St. Louis. 
They yeah. did again. They both. Also, but St. Louis I mean, doesn't have the offense. The Braves do. There's been good point. There's been some. I, yeah, that's definitely that true. But point. there's been some guys that have given you length. I will say that there's been. I think there's a stat that there's been more starters going seven plus than uh, this year than uh, already. I think it was in even in the wild card series more than the entire postseason last year. Wow. So there are guys giving length. I just don't trust the Phillies bullpen whatsoever. See, no, I, don't I, I trust agree the with bullpen that. either. Yeah. I meant more in the sense of they can do a little bit of everything offensively. That bullpen oh, their offense is scary. That bullpen's gonna be a, a problem. Yeah. I won't even like when they do it. lose, if they lose, it will be because of the bullpen. Yeah, right. no, that that is what's whole I agree. That is what holds them back between a team that could actually I think make some serious noise in the playoffs. They already are making some, yes, some this, big time yeah. noise, but um, I think to really put on a, a run and find themselves in the World Series, that bullpen is what's going to hold them back. However, you know Atlanta is is on their heels right now. I, I got to say they're on their heels. They lost a game at home, um, which you never want to do. Like you said, Ryan, they got Wheeler and Nola going in the next two. Those guys were excellent in the series against St. Louis. Obviously, the Braves have a better lineup, but. With how good the Phillies' offense is, you know, and, and off of Max Freed, the Braves' ace, they they looked unbeatable. Um, you know, they're going to put up runs. Wheeler and Nola don't have to be perfect. They have to give you length. That's the biggest thing. They have to give you length and and you know limit the the amount of bullpen presence that the Phillies have in a game. But if they can do that and the offense can keep rolling the way that they are. It's going to be a battle for Atlanta is, to come back in this series. Is it fair to say that yesterday's game was the most shocking individual game in the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think, even with a three-run walk-off home run. That's what makes it crazy, right? I think the fact that the Phillies just came out and ambushed right. the In Braves, Atlanta, with yeah. Ranger Suarez, and you have to give him credit for yesterday, but that might have been the worst pitcher who pit started a game yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It, on, on paper and statistically in the regular season. And, and he's the guy who a, was able to do enough. Now you flip it. To Wheeler and Noah. So now, like, with the way that the playoffs and the wild card round work, game one for the team that would had the bye is everything because yeah. that's where you have the biggest pitching advantage. You'll have all playoffs probably with the third guy having to go for the wild card team and you having your ace. Yep. So to not take that game at home with your ace, like the Phillies, this is. A series they could easily win now, and I did not see that a day ago. And John Smoltz made an interesting point as well on the broadcast in that they're going back to Philadelphia. That franchise has not seen playoff baseball starving. since in a while. 2011. Yeah. Roy Oswalt and Cliff Lee are the last two and you big know how, pitchers there. And, and we, everybody knows how wild Philly fans can get. I mean, they're going to show up. They're going to show out they for their show, team. They show up for everything, yeah. Philly fans. Believe me, I know I'm a Celtics fan. The fans <laughs> go, give yeah. Larry Bird a yeah. harder time than anybody else. I would not want to be an Atlanta Brave going into Game 3 in yeah. Philly, especially if Philly finds a way to grab Game 2 in Atlanta and has a chance to sweep. Yeah, and plus another point too is that um, I found it funny because you know obviously I'm I'm no secret here I'm still reeling a little bit from the Mets loss and I'm still uh, a little bit frustrated with Braves fans because they were very critical of the Mets fans and 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 their presence in the playoffs and yesterday and I know it's a Monday or not a Monday I'm sorry what what's today today's Wednesday yeah. right so it was a Tuesday um, but it's and it's during the day so obviously people have work and stuff like that but. That didn't even look like a playoff game in Atlanta. I mean, there was a lot of empty seats. That did not even look like it was the playoffs. It looked like a meaningful game in September or something like that. 
it was kind of sad to see the presence of Atlanta and their fans. I think they'll have a better showing today, maybe a little later start. But still, I was shocked with with what the fans brought to Atlanta. It was not a hostile atmosphere for Philly to play in. Obviously, they jumped on them early and kind of quieted the fans down as well. But this momentum, I mean, I could never. I think I, I just I I can never picture myself thinking, wow, the Phillies can easily win this series, or the Phillies are in good shape to win this series. Maybe not easily, but th- the Phillies shape, are in good yeah. shape to win this series. I never would have thought I'd be saying that, but I want to get your guys' picks for the remainder of this series here. Do the Phillies pull it off? Do the Braves hold on? Colin, I go to you first here. I'm gonna say Philly in four. Wow. I think they find a way to do it in four games. <sighs> it's tough. It, it, this is the hardest pick for me to make. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with with what you made the point of, the home crowd. That's flipping me to the Phillies in five. <laughs> because I agree, and, and to Sam's point, yesterday didn't look like a playoff atmosphere. I can bet everything that Saturday will look like a playoff atmosphere. Philly is yeah. ready for this. They are starving. You hear Red October everywhere. I think they're going to show up. There's something about the team that wins the World Series the next year, not coming out flat, but not having the same urgency, especially when this is the same exact core they just won like last year's championship. So I think factoring that in with the Phillies are starving for everything and the Braves are playing with house money in a sense. I like the Phillies to steal it in five. I think they'll split with their two aces and then you're up 2-1. All right, you lose game four, you take game five. I feel pretty good about that sense. So I'll go Phillies in five. You know what? Uh, I want to pick with my heart and that would be against Atlanta, uh, (laughs) if I'm just being totally honest. Speak your truth, But I'm going to pick Atlanta. (laughs) Uh, I oh. think the Braves are too good. Uh, the Phillies have too many holes for this for them to hold on. I mean, they barely held on in Game 1. And as much as we talked about how crazy Philly's going to be, the Braves are really, really good. I mean, they are one of the most complete teams in this entire playoffs. I mean, maybe you throw the Dodgers in there, and then maybe you have the Braves right behind them. But Atlanta is right there. They're extremely talented. Um, I think they're too talented to lose to the Phillies. I'm probably going to be wrong. I honestly hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with Atlanta. Um, I think it'll go. I'll say it goes five as well. I think the Phillies are going to are going to definitely win a game at home, but I think Atlanta's going to get back on track and win game two, um, and then that puts you in a spot for for game five. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I want to get to our final series here uh, between the Dodgers and the Padres in the NLDS. The Dodgers they went up five nothing last night. Um, early on, but the Padres were able to fight back. They put up three runs. From there on, nobody scored. Uh, the Dodgers won the game 5-3. to three. They took game one. Not a surprise. The least surprising outcome, I would say, or I guess maybe the Yankees right there as well, but um, not a very surprising outcome in that one as the Dodgers were able to hold on and beat the Padres. Um, they've had you know plenty of success against San Diego in the past. They've had success this year against San Diego. The Dodger bullpen was really good in this one. They gave up just three hits over uh, four innings, didn't give up a run. So, Colin, you know, um, what are your impressions of, of the Dodgers right now in this series? Well, from day one of this season, I had said if the Dodgers could produce with that lineup, they would be the best team in baseball offensively. Mm. What I didn't know was that they'd be able to kind of plug and play with their pitching, especially with all the injuries to the bullpen, some of those nagging injuries that really started to show themselves in, like, June, July. Julio Urias has no business being a Game 1 playoff starter on most teams. But for the Dodgers, he makes it work, and i got to give credit to that lineup because I think having a lineup like they have allows your starter to feel more confident, even if they're not that guy, so to speak. Like It's not like you have Walker Buehler with you right now. It's not like Clayton Kershaw is still in his prime. But adding a guy like Freeman in the middle of that order 
really clogs things up for the opposition and gives your starter more confidence going forward. I look at this series as an open and shut case yeah. for Los Angeles to bring it home. I think they are the best team in baseball this year, which they've really flown under the radar. Yeah, I mean, it's they're insane. 111 and 51. Yeah, in the that is like, like and, you look at that and that's like, whoa, that's like a top 10 team. Well, ever. I think also, though, I will say, I think they've flown under the radar on the East Coast. I, I I mean I don't live on the West Coast, but I would assume the Dodgers are a much bigger deal over there. But also they don't care about baseball over there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they like don't they even do. care about their team over yeah. there. I mean they they're showing up in the fourth inning. There's traffic. They don't they don't care. You know they really they and they really win every single game. Right. It's like you know. But yeah, I I think they're open and shut to win this series at least. I mean Mookie Betts is going to have yet another moment this mm. postseason. You can feel it coming. He was sensational this year. Thirty five home runs, eighty two RBIs. Freddie Freeman, same sort of deal. 407 on base percentage. I mean, if you knew you were getting that from day one, how long would you have signed him up for yeah, if I you know. were the Dodgers? I think this team is just a juggernaut waiting to be further unleashed. Yeah, this is a sweep. This is a sweep. I have no issue saying that. And the Padres, I actually have to give everyone that pitched yesterday besides Mike Clevenger a ton of credit. They went six and a third no-hit innings out of yeah. the pen. Like, they did everything they can to give their offense a shot. You're able to chase Urias after five, and then that Dodgers bullpen just put him to sleep. I think there was one rally, I believe, first and third, and they got a double play to end the inning, or they got out of the jam. So the Padres never really put true pressure on the Dodgers. And I just think you look at the dot like they're just so complete. You have Kershaw versus Darvish, I believe tonight. Yeah, that's a great matchup. And, it's a and really good. Matchup. I'm gonna take Kershaw yeah. at home. I you know we talk about him not being in his prime. He had like a two three ERA this year. Yeah. So like <laughs> crazy. He just he yeah. set the bar so high yeah. that this is almost like a. You look at his numbers like oh he was elite this year. And Darvish obviously has pitched in some big games as as we saw. But there's something about the Dodgers. They're on a collision course. They are the Padres are not better than them. They've never shown that. They've faced off every time they play regular season I believe 2020 playoffs they get outclassed by the Dodgers and that will be the case again because they're just not as good of the Dodgers yesterday another proof of that still waiting for Juan Soto by the way to have a big moment um just as a Padre in general yeah, hasn't and, really had one and he didn't I, have one in even in the Mets the, series he, he did not hit season. very well yeah. yeah yeah so we're still waiting for that now he has had big moments versus the Dodgers before in the playoffs if you go back yep. to that uh, Nationals yep. so maybe if he can he can get red hot they can steal a game but that's a big maybe you gotta love the Dodgers here as far as tonight's game is concerned I think it's a coin flip based on the pitching matchup if it was prime Kershaw of course, you're rolling with the Dodgers, but yeah. I don't know. You Darvish has been good thus far. He's been serviceable yeah. for those Padres. Just wanted to add about the Dodgers, maybe the most under-the-radar trade deadline acquisition, Chris Martin. 3.05 ERA, gave you a clean inning last night, I believe. Indeed, it was a clean inning. Closed out the game. These were the type of moves that nobody was paying attention to yeah. with the Dodgers. Even someone like Evan Phillips, who has been around the block but no one knew who this guy was before this year. He's got a 1.14 ERA this year, 77 strikeouts, 0.76 whip. I mean, this team is just plugging and playing pitching-wise. That's hard to beat in I today's just, game. I don't understand how every move the Dodgers make just works. works. Every, every single move. guy that comes to that organization just does well. Except Joey Gallo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well he wasn't going to work anywhere. I mean, but— I mean, it's like it's honestly insane. I, I guess it's just a credit to their organization. It's it's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the manager, um, you know, and it's credit to that that team as a whole because they are they are very good. Like you said, 111 wins. I expect a sweep as well in this series against San Diego. Con. I yeah. think a lot of it is Dave Roberts. I do think they'll yeah. win the series. I actually think they'll win in four. 
The Dodgers Which game do the, do the Padres take? I think they might take tonight's game Tonight, yeah. or tomorrow's game based on... Darvish has been very good. I mean, he was, he was, you know, anytime he pitches against the Mets, it gives him a ton of confidence because he owns them. And then he, maybe he'll take that into uh, this game here. And, like, I don't know. You know, Kershaw at times in the playoffs has, you know, we've seen struggles. Right. So, you know, that's definitely, I guess, a slight doubt in the mind. So I understand that pick. Yeah, yeah I think the Dodgers have got this in hand. Yeah. A lot of credit goes to Dave Roberts. I think he's underappreciated given the stacked lineup he deals with on a day-to-day basis, but to have the chutzpah to be able to get these guys into playing shape year in, year out, takes something special. I think David Roberts has that something special. I think part of it stems from the fact that he wasn't a superstar player yeah. on any of the teams he was a part of, even Definitely. the 4 Red Sox had his little moment, but I think that speaks to the type of manager he is and that he understands it takes a full team to win a championship. I think sometimes that's why guys like Don Mattingly struggle to manage superstar talent because they're used to being the superstar themselves. Mm. They truly believe that it should go on that guy's back or this guy's back. Whereas someone like Dave Roberts, he doesn't ask one guy to do everything. He just says, let's all do our job and get the W. Yeah, Dave Roberts, an excellent manager. I have full faith in the Dodgers to advance to the NLCS and you know, it might be, at least for me, the way I'm picking, it's going to be Dodgers-Braves, which would be insane, which would be a great series. But even Dodgers-Phillies would also be insane, but for a different reason, because we do not expect, <laughs> nobody expected Philly to work their way to the NLCS. We'll see. That's the playoffs. That's how this stuff works. Um, but I think that's going to just about wrap up our nosebleeds yep. here. Uh, looking back at the divisional series, we'll be back next week to take a look at all the reactions to that series and potentially preview the ALCS and the NLCS. But for now, Sam Davis, Ryan Gregware, and Colin Locker and Ralph Barbieri back there in production. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUV Sports.